Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ian Gordon, here with my friend and chavruta, Yerdena Asband. Our daf of the day, Masachat Yuma, daf kaf he, page 25. So, page 25 has a new Mishnah in the middle of the page, which carries on literally from, you know, directly from the Mishnah that we opened the parak with, which is now we're going to talk about the second lottery. Because you'll recall, we had the first lottery and the whole discussion about how there are four in the day. So this is the second one. So we have, it's, there's several jobs here that are going to be determined in this lottery. Namely, namely who slaughters the daily tamid morning offering to begin with? Who sprinkles its blood? Who takes the ashes from that, uh, the inner altar? This is a, it's a second true meditation, really, but it's a, it's a different thing than the first than the first thing of the day. Uh, who uh, who removes the ashes and the wicks from the from the menorah? Who cleans out the menorah, right, to set it up again for the new day? Who takes the limbs of that tummy and offering the daily offering up the ramp? They're going to be burned later. So this is only just the first half of the mission, but I want to point out that. You know, this Mishnah and the Mishnah in general assumes that we already know that these tasks are going to be needed, you know, they need to be done. And everybody knows this, right? The Kohanim obviously know what, what's on their list of the lottery to do. And But the Gemara, in this case the Mishnah, presents it as, you know, these are the things that the lottery is about. It doesn't tell you ever, this is the order of the day. Make sure, well, that's not quite true. What there's no primer, right? It just jumps in, assuming that we know what needs to be done. It mentions all of these things on the by the by, right? Like by on the way to discussing the lottery, or as we're discussing the lottery, we're going to find out what the morning tasks of the day are. Um, so then the Gemara continues, not Gemara, Mishnah. I'm sorry, I'm still in the Mishnah. Harosh v'haregel u'shte hayadayim v'oketz v'haregel so it says as follows. Now, this is again, this is the Korban Tamid of the morning, the morning daily Korban, which is burnt fully. So this is, this is how they were divided. The limbs are divided. So one Kohen carries the head and the right leg. And the two, four, so I'm going to apologize here. Um, your data, we need a trigger warning for gruesomeness, right? Meaning for all vegetarians and people who are squeamish like me. Um, this is, again, this is literally the division of the animal in parts, the different things that are done with the different parts of the animal. So the head and the right, right leg are carried by one Kohen. The two front legs are carried by a second Kohen. The tail, which includes part of the, the, the bottom of the spine. Um, and the left leg were carried by another Kohen. And the breast and the throat and some inner organs were carried by a fourth Kohen. And then we've got the two flanks were taken by a fifth Kohen and the intestines by a sixth Kohen. And then we've got the fine flour, right, of the mincha, of the, of the meal offering, which, you know, accompanies every korban tummy. There's a mincha that comes with it. And then we've got the Kohen Gadol's, um, his chavitin, the korban, uh, it's a... Um, it's a fried kind of offering, right? So that's by an eighth Kohen. There's a wine for the daily libation that's taken by a ninth Kohen. 
So altogether, it says here we've got 13 Kohanim who get a job in the lottery of this morning. The second lottery of the day, this particular one, divides all of these people up, all of these tasks up amongst 13 people. Namely, we've got nine Kohanim who are carrying all of the different aspects of the, the Korban Tamid, the daily offering, and all the accompanying elements, the Manachot and so on. And then we've got four who do the slaughter, the sprinkling, the removal of the ashes, and handle the menorah. So there's a lot of activity here. It also tells us if we've got 13 people who are um, who merit this uh, to win this lottery, right? That each one of them gets a job. I, you know, part of the question is, you know, do we have 13 koanim? And the question is, who's going to do what? I believe that what we have is a whole lot more than 13 koanim, and some of them are chosen for these jobs. Um, and then the end of the Mishnah. Amar ben Azai lifnei Rabbi Akiva mishum Rabbi Yoshua derech hilucho haya karev. So ben Azai says before Rabbi Akiva in the name of Rabbi Yoshua, right? The this the the whole thing of bringing the limbs up the ramp, right? This is part of the way they would bring things to the mizbeach to the altar to be slaughtered, not to be slaughtered, to be burned, right? Um, this whole discussion that we've just had in the Mishnah is not exactly the way they would bring it up the ramp. It's really the way it, the way the parts were uh, is divided in the sacrifice itself. It says it's according to the way it walks when it is alive. Derech hilucho hayakarev. And then, of course, uh, commentaries will point out that this will be explained in the Gemara, and we're not going to get we're we're not going to delve into it too much right now. Um, I find this mission very interesting because, again, it's got all of this detail, which you might not have even known that these are the things that are done in the day. And, you know, on the way to discussing what the what the lottery gives you, you discover all of the things that these tasks that need to be taken, that need to be dealt with. Um, okay. The Gemara goes on to ask the question, and I'm not going to read this inside, I don't think, uh, maybe a tiny bit, but not yet. The, the Gemara asks the question, you know, are they doing a lottery for each and every job? Is that each time there's a new lottery? And the question then, you know, or, or are they, do they just do it once and then, you know, for, for one thing and then everybody else kind of falls into line? Uh, that's exactly the question here. Um, I, okay, so here I will read a few words here. Um, are they doing a lottery for one job? Are they doing for each of these tasks? So the Gemara reminds us about the four lotteries and the implication being that if you have four lotteries and this is the second one, then it cannot be that all of these 13 jobs are new lotteries because then we would have a whole lot more than four, right? We would have, in fact, 17 lotteries. Why would we talk about it as four? So that's, so the Gemara says, well, no, that's not, that's not a good proof because just be, you could say they really just they got together four times in the course of the day for a lottery. And then at this second lottery, they divided it up. They held many different lotteries in the big lottery that was just counted as the one. Meaning that's not the conclusion. That's the rejection of the supposition that it must be that this is this is all new, just one. Um, then we've got another possibility that says, well, um, it says maybe, so when we get to the third lottery, we're really going to be talking about the incense. And in the incense, 
the, there's separate jobs within the same thing. So they say, well, maybe since there, that is all, that's one, there's just one lottery for that thing, then maybe these two are just considered one. And the Gemara says, no, that also doesn't make sense because the two different tasks that they're talking about with the incense, and we'll obviously discuss it when we get there, um, is really all the same thing. It's all considered, you know, let's call it dealing with the incense as opposed to breaking it down to the different parts. Um, so th the point here is just that there's a whole lot of discussion over how many different lotteries are going on for each of these tasks, which I think really would change the nature of the day. You know, are you are you hoping to get the one job that's just the it's just a lottery for one job and everything else falls into line, or is everything chosen in this? Um, you know, the difference of a lottery between saying, "Okay, I'll do it," is that you don't really have a choice, which I think is why I say it would be a really, uh, you know, a different kind of experience. So at the towards the end of this bit of the Gemara, it says, "Tashma they didn't do 13 different lotteries for these all of these different different tasks so Rebichia says they don't do you know 13 different ones rather the, there's a first Kohen who wins the, the lottery to do the shrita, who, who to do the offering of the korban tamid and then the next 12 Kohanim who are standing next to him, they come along with this, right? And then they do all these other different acts that are part and parcel of the Korban Tamid, the daily offering. And the Gemara says, Shema Okay, we'll conclude that that is what, is it, what it is. I mean, they ask a good question here because when you read the Gemara, the Mishnah, it sort of makes no sense. It's like one lottery for many jobs. So it yes. doesn't totally, again, I'm finding this whole lottery concept to be a little bit difficult to figure out exactly how it was done. But I'm also getting more of a sense that as we learned um, either in yesterday's DAP or the DAP before, you know, that it's clear, I think some of this was done to bring some kind of order to, you know, who got to do the Abode. Remember also, when I, I just want to point one thing out about the Mishmar, you know, it was that you had your week, right? So you came up and then if you were a coin and then your family, right, your Beit Av only had one day during that week that you actually did the Avoda. So you could really see why people did fight about this. You actually, as a coin, you weren't doing that much work in the Beit Hamidash all the time. It was just, you know, then and then the Regalim, all the Kohanim would come. But, you know, you kind of only had a very short period of time and it's one day during your Mishmar week and that's it. I wonder if... This were if these jobs were considered, obviously there was some fighting over it, right? So the the prize, you know, to be the the winner here to do this job, on the one hand, it's a prize. I wonder how many koanim were like, that's okay, I don't need to do it today, either because it's hard work. Some of it is physical labor in an intensive kind of way. So maybe somebody there is squeamish like me, right? Meaning like I just. It's an interesting thing that there's a lot of buildup over the importance of this. And I know that the reason we have all this is to accommodate, to prevent the fighting. So clearly there is, you know, interest in doing the job as opposed to avoiding it. But I wonder, I, you know, the fact that something is a privilege um, and officially desirable doesn't always make it something that people run to do. If you think about what, you know, people's honors in shul. How many people decline to be the Shleach Tzibor when they have the chance? 
you know, I hear that. That's an interesting point. I I get the sense more there was like an enthusiasm to do it, but uh, you know, maybe you're right. There isn't, you can't, you know, or maybe there were certain things that were considered to be uh, more fun to do than others. Maybe this piece people did not entirely enjoy to do. I know for me, it would be, it would have been hard to do, but I don't have to worry about it. So that's good. (laughs) Um, So I just want to go through one other piece, which again, shows you just the detail of all of this. Right. So they got into this, uh, you know, opinion that, you know, Rabbi Akiva, that Ben Azai said, you know, in front of Rabbi Akiva, that the limbs of the tummy were actually supposed to be offered up or brought up in the order in which the animal itself walked. And therefore, the Gemara uh, is going to quote a Brisa with, uh, you know, basically with Ben Azai's opinion and then also with three other views of how this could work. Right. Tana Rabbanan, Right. How what's the order of the limbs if it's going to be in the order that the animal walked? The head with the right hind leg, then the breast with the neck, and then the two forelegs, and then the two flakes, and then the tail with the left hind leg. So you have to think of like an animal moving, right, like literally walking and what part of the body gets propelled forward first. Then they give a second opinion, Rabbi Yossi Omer. It's offered in the order in which it's skinned, right? So, how were the limbs ordered in the order of skin? The head with the right hind leg. So, that's actually still the, uh, the same, right? The tail with the left hind leg. So, that was last, according to Ben Azai. So, again, th- this now becomes all out of order from Ben Azai. Now, a third view, Rabbi Akiva, the order in which the animal would be dismembered. Right? How is that done? So the head with the hind leg. So again, this seems to consistently um, be the same, right, with the all the opinions. The two forelegs. The breast with the neck. The two flanks. The tail with the left hind leg. Now, a fourth view, Rabbi Yossi Haglili. He said, the order of its quality, like what was considered to be the best part of the, the animal, right? Right. So what's that? So it's interesting to see all four agree that the head and the right um, hind leg are always first. And then he goes on, right? So the, the, it's the, the last four that there's different permutations of within these four opinions. Now, this Rabbi Yossi Haglili, who talks about it being the order of, uh, you know, of quality, right, says that the flanks are better than the left hind leg. But the Gemara asks, "Vahakatev, vahakatev, el el natach tov yareach v'katev." So they're quoting here a pasuk that is in Yechezkel, Perachav Dalad, Pasuk Dalad, chapter twenty-four, verse twenty-four. All the good cuts the thigh and the shoulder. So the thigh here becomes the shoulder, saying that the thigh is actually better quality, right? So the, that thigh, the, the left hind leg, should have been before the flanks. And that's not how he uh, has he has it. Um, and so they say, So this is talking about a lean animal. That with a lean animal, um, so the, that whole pasuk is talking about wicked people or bad people who would steal a lean animal of the poor. And in a lean animal, right, the, the part that has the most meat is the thigh. And therefore, we're not talking about an animal that's actually fat. So that's why it would be more valuable there. 
Now the Gemara goes on just to make one more comment about it, right? So the orders of the limbs that was recorded in our mission is distant, is different than all four of this price of all four of these. So the question is, why is the Tanakama different than Rabbi Yossi Haglili? So Amar Rabbi, Rabbi says, Bain Tana Didan Uvein Rabbi Yossi. Both our Tana, meaning the opinion of our Mishnah and Rabbi Yossi, they're both going to hold Batar Uliyad de Vesara Azlinan. They both hold that they actually go by quality of meat. Mar Azil Bata Avera de Bisara, but our master goes by the limb with the most meat. Umar Azil Bata Shamna de Vesera, whereas Rabbi Yossi Aglili goes by the fattiness of the meat. It's whatever meat has the most fat. Now, I may actually have some family members. I don't know if you all remember this restaurant in El, Ga- El Gaucho in Yerushalayim. Um, I don't think it still exists anymore. So my, so my father, Alava Shalom, who loved a good piece of meat and loved to eat fat on meat, literally used to order his steak there um, with extra fat. So I read this passage <laughs> and I was like, I guess he holds by Rabbi Yossi Haglili. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's just, but the point of reading all of this was, you know, again, when we think about the avoda, you're like, all right, you put the avarima, you just put the limbs on. But there's so much detail. And I think this is trying to show us sort of the respect and the beauty of the avoda itself. Every single piece of it needed to be ordered out exactly. Um, and not one part of it was allowed to be haphazard. So, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, that I think it's in our modern sensibilities, I think it's kind of almost a, a default reaction to say, what do you mean? They were like, they're wasting the animal. They should feed the Kohanim. They should feed the king. They should feed the poor, right? Something, right? The, with the choicest animals, what the choicest cuts of meat, I mean, you know, what are we doing burning it all on the Mizbeach? It, it feels something like counterintuitive that something that is going to be burned wholly, I mean, you know, fully, it, how can that be the, the right course of action? And I think that this is one of those things where the halacha has to inform our sensibilities instead of our, you know, modernity informing them. Because the idea is that you take the choicest cut of meat and you offer it to Hashem. And and the and this it was so um real, right? It was so palpable that the of course the best was going to go to Hashem. And nowadays we say, What do you mean? But the burn you're burning up the whole thing. And I feel like so yes, we've all been trained that of course the best went to Hashem. But I, I think that when we stop to think about it, it's kind of a hard concept to to I don't know about wrapping our minds around, but wrapping our feelings around because because look at all of that, it's going to be burned on the Mizbeach. And I think that it's an important lesson, really, that, yeah, like this is what it means to be an Oved Hashem, that we take our very best and we dedicate it to God. And and it's not it's not hip. That's not a that's a not a fashionable way to look at things, but it is a, a Gemara way to look at things. Right. It definitely is Gemara, right. It's definitely a Gemara way of looking at things. But, um, you know, again, I just the detail. I'm really just struck by all the detail of this. Well, that's yeah. our DAP discussion for the day. Rinkus review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.